I'm Lisa Billiou, and I went from housewife to co-founder of the billion-dollar company Quest Nutrition and now president of Impact Theory. Our mission with this show is to empower you and all women to recognize you really can become the hero of your own life. Welcome to Women of Impact. I know what you're all thinking. What would Jerry Maguire look like if he were a woman? Well, while I try not to think of Tom Cruise in stilettos, today's Women of Impact definitely wanted to step in his shoes and become a sports agent. That was until she caught the eye of a modeling agency and was offered a once in a lifetime opportunity to host a travel show. Well, the offer was just too unique to pass up, so with no prior experience, she turned her back on her law school education and went for it. In less than three years, she visited over 25 countries and pretty much said yes to everything. She swam with sharks, met with a KGB in Russia, paraglided off mountains in Alaska, and even swam with alligators in the Everglades. And guys, that was just her first job. Yep, today's Woman of Impact has a resume longer than a Thanksgiving dinner grocery list. From becoming the first ever female correspondent for Inside the NFL, to the host of Ninja Warriors, to an MMA commentator, her efforts have garnered her two Emmy Awards for sports broadcasting. But if I can quote those cheesy 2am infomercials for a second, that's not all. She's a mother of two, wife to the wildly talented actor Wes Chatham, a self-confessed mummy blogger and on the board of Kids in the Game. And just as about to call her lazy, she adds podcasts created to her list of accomplishments by starting the Art of Broadcasting, which aims to help other women in the industry. So please, join me in welcoming a woman who in my eyes is the epitome of a ninja warrior in life, a true trailblazer, Jen Brown. Oh, thank you so much. Yay, I had so much fun writing that. <laughs> that was awesome. I love it. Thank you. Thank your you. list of accomplishments is insane. <laughs> You've just gone through so much in your life with, I was going to say reinvention, but it doesn't actually feel like a reinvention. It almost feels like an evolution. Yeah. So um, if you want to take me through, I guess, the biggest evolution that you've gone through from studying law mm -hmm. to wanting to be an, a sports agent to then being in front of the camera and doing all these crazy things. Um, what did that evolution take in your mind to like overcome? To get there. Yeah, wow. Get yeah. There. I mean, I think evolution is a great way to describe it, as you said. I mean, uh, it's, it's taking something and... and completely throwing out what you thought you were going to do, you know, in your life and just throwing it out the window and taking a chance on something else. As you said, you know, I was um, a criminology major. I was on my way to law school. And then it just, there was a chance that happened and an opportunity present itself. And I just said, you know what? I think that I'm just going to go this way. The executive producer said, you know, listen, I've been looking for a female to host. I'll offer you a salary. You can be my executive assistant. You can learn the ins and outs of television, and then you can host this show and travel around the world. And then that was where that ultimate decision came from. Okay, do I go to law school? Or do I get paid to travel around the world and move to California, which is where I always wanted to be? And um, I was like, you know, law school will always be there. I told my mom to take all of the letters. I, I, I applied to 16 law schools and I said, you know, just when they come in, just take them and throw them in my closet. I don't want to know. And I, I left and started filming. I love that story so much because like at that age, I think I would have been utterly shit scared <laughs> on taking that jump. And even now, I try to differentiate between in the moment of what's going to be fun mm -hmm. and, and if that actually serves my long-term goals. Sure. And sometimes I turn down what's going to be fun in the moment because I feel like, okay, if my long-term goal is X, Y, and Z, is this moment going to take me there, yes or no? And sometimes I say no to it. Yeah. But you didn't, and that's kind of led you what's on this path. So how do you 
or do you weigh the options between the now, the future, what you want out yeah. of life? You know, if my path was to go to law school, uh, leaving to go travel around the world to host a TV show was probably not staying on that path. <laughs> right. But it was a lot more fun, and it was a lot of fun. And I had a long talk with my mom, who's like, you know, my kind of my mentor and my best friend and you know we talked it through and I just said you know law school you know I can still go to law school mm -hmm. why don't I go take a shot and see and and what was so great about the opportunity was oh, I kind of got to come into um, being at the forefront of high definition and just really learning the ins and outs of television and I just fell in love with it I think that every moment in life you just sit back and you have to in that moment make a decision and kind of own it and and make the best of it and it worked out i guess pretty well so i you know being willing to take a chance on mm. something that's different than what you ever thought you would do yeah that's one thing you say a lot right like you don't put too much emphasis emphasis or pressure on making decisions like you know obviously in, for those of you at home me and Jen are very good mm -hmm. friends and that's one thing that comes up a lot in our discussions where you're like i just make it work i think to key in on like the question of like my my mental attitude, I have just learned over the years that I don't know, I'm a big believer in the power of the mind. And mm. I've told you that before. And it's like you can be in control of how you feel about any situation. Mm. And I have seen and observed where there's, you know, people who could take a situation and it can get them down or they can just harp on the negative or focus on that. I just haven't why why do that that's my personal belief is like all right this is what i'm dealing with today or this month or whatever and i'm going to figure it out and i'm going to make the best of it and and that's a you know big philosophy in my life is you know um through all the things that i've gone through in ups and downs and and lefts and rights i can honestly say that i look back and everything has happened and been exactly you know i'm exactly where i'm supposed to be and everything's happened for a reason and I can take peace in that in just knowing that every situation is just say, hey, okay, this is what I'm supposed to deal with today. Let's figure it out. I love that. And you do it with such a smile on your face and like this sweet voice. What advice would you give somebody that is in that moment feeling down on themselves, not able to see the positivity mm -hmm. or the up um, in that situation? My advice would be is to try to take a step back and think things through. Because I think a lot of times, um, emotional decisions or feelings tied with a situation come from like immediate like how you feel in, mm. in that moment but if you can take a moment to pause take a breath and think about it and really think it through and go okay so this is happening okay, you know I, i'm going into labor at six weeks early and my husband it's 8 30 at night 9 30 at night in toronto mm. and he's supposed to film tomorrow and how do i get him here but that that doesn't get him there any faster. Mm -hmm. And I know, I guess it's easier said than done, but I guess that would be my advice is just in a situation that presents itself is just to take a moment and really think it through. And I think that if you just separate yourself out, take a breath, you can figure out another way to look mm -hmm. at it. I always believe you get what you focus on. Sure. Right, you were yeah, saying I the power that. of the mind. Yeah. It's like if you're focusing on, he's not here, I'm all alone, I can't believe my first child, or you know, it's, it's, I'm giving birth without my husband here, then it's gonna make you feel a certain way. But yeah. if you focus on the fact that hey, you're we'll, in hospital. We'll figure it we'll out. Figure you know, I've got out. my friends here, you know, he'll make it when he can. He called the producers at you know, midnight or whatever time it was and was like, hey, she's going to labor. And they're like, 
we need you to stay and shoot like this one scene because like they had new director coming in. It was the end of an episode and they're like, if you leave, it'll completely like, we have nothing else we can mm. shoot. And I was like, do it, babe. You're going to be fine. We'll make it. You know, you'll make it. I encouraged him to stay. And he's like, no, no, I'll just get on a plane. I'm like, no, like, I don't even know what that means. Mm. Repercussions of you not, you know, being on set. Like, you'll make it. Because I did think he was going to make it. And he didn't make it. <laughs> Poor guy, like, what? walking on the plane. He's like, I'm going to make it. I'm like, you're not make it. What made you be that encouraging wife, though? Like, because you, you're clearly putting his needs almost before yours. Which I think is beautiful, by the way, and very difficult to maintain, I think, and juggle mm -hmm. and to keep that balance um, right for yourself. But yeah, how do you... Well, I guess, like, you know, I'm just so appreciative that he has a job and can work for our family. And that is, you know, you sign up for um, certain things when, you know, you know, he's gone six to seven months out of the year filming. Of course, he comes home when he can. But I also, like, where that, that could be a negative thing, right? People are like, how do you deal mm -hmm. with that? And you're husband's never home and you did it and I'm like no but the way I look at it is like we're so blessed like he's got a great job and he gets to do what he loves and you know we figure it out like and that's the whole thing of the way to look at it is I could either look at it where it's like I can't believe he's not here and you look at focus at the negative or you can flip it and look at the positive and that's a whole better way to wake up in the morning yeah. you know being appreciative and thankful for something rather than you know taking a great opportunity and thinking about the negative side of things mm. I love that all right, so do you take that attitude into work as well? I mean, you're an incredible host and commentator and you've just like done pretty much everything you could possibly imagine. And like, I mean, being the first woman at anything is freaking incredible and such an, I think, an honor for um, you to be able to break that barrier and show other women that it's possible. So in going into the sports world as a female, did you take that attitude where maybe some people didn't welcome you as easily as, you know, if you were a guy? Yeah. And uh, that kind of, I'll figure it out attitude. Did you take that into your business there as well? Started with the travel show and then I, and then I kind of found my way to sports because I love sports so much. But it wasn't something that I had a ton of experience at and especially I was a, not a broadcast journalism major. I was a criminology major. I thought I was going to law school. So in terms of um, the experience chops, especially in the sports world, I really didn't have that to have a, I guess I would say like a security and knowing what I was doing was the right thing. You didn't I have that security. Not going in because I kind of took these opportunities as they, as they handed, the, as they became available to me. And but when I first got like the big like Thursday night football job where they were like, you're going to be on the sidelines for Thursday night football. And I was like, that is amazing. I've never done sideline before, <laughs> you know? And for, for that was something that was like, so there was definitely a bit of, all right, I'm going to figure it out as I go. But there's definitely, when it comes to putting yourself out there um, in something that you uh, don't have any a lot of experience in it is definitely you you question mm. um, what you're doing and then also it was in the day and age of when social media was really starting to take mm. on you know I Twitter and all of that and so I do a game and then I'd go on Twitter and I'd hear about you know whether it was what I was wearing wasn't great maybe I misspoke something or oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about so it makes you question and doubt in those moments of like where you're questioning, like I don't really know what I'm doing, mm. or about to step on like in front of the television, so it's not like oh, no one's really gonna know. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to be in front of millions right. of people. <laughs> it's like 
on TV. Sure. There's no hiding. You've got all these thoughts in your head, questioning yeah, like yeah. most people would run in the other direction. I love that you didn't, and I love that you didn't listen to the voice. Sure. But can you take, let's say, there's someone right now mm. at home in that same situation in their own, you know, world where they're not being welcomed, they're being judged because they're female. They don't necessarily know a lot, right? Because at yeah. least if you go in, you know your shit. You yeah, can you like that confidence. You've got yeah. that confidence. But let's say they don't really. Mm-hmm. What? should they be telling themselves right now to overcome that so that it doesn't paralyze them? And I'm obsessed with the fact that fear does paralyze people because I think that that can take you off in one direction or really hold you back and you've never done, you know, anything in your life. And I mean, I'll be the first to admit, like I had days where I was crying, you know, and I was questioning, like I said, if this is what I was supposed to be doing. We're our own worst critic, right? Mm -hmm. And when you think about a situation in your head, I think you make it, um, it's so much more intense and it's so much way worse than it really is, Mm -hmm. right? And so I would give that advice in, in, Stepping back, get out of your head, and maybe take the advice or, or talk to someone that you trust about talking through the situation because chances are it's not as bad as you think it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, th- you know, for me, I'm like, you know, it's just TV. And if I just say, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to do the best job that I can do. And each night when I lay my head down on that pillow and say, hey, you know what? I gave it my best. I worked hard. I didn't cut any corners. Then I can live with that. And if, if, if I don't get renewed and there's another opportunity, there's someone that's better to replace me or whatever, then that's fine because you know, I gave it my best. Mm. My biggest fear was being caught in a moment where I didn't know something mm. and I didn't want to ever play into the thing that you would get a lot, especially early on, is like, oh, she's just a female. She doesn't know sports. Mm. She doesn't know football. She never played football. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And so because of that, um, I was like, well, I am going to study, you know, feverishly. I'm going to make sure that I know everything. Um, and I took ownership of it and said, okay, I'm never going to let that happen. I'm not going to let someone say she doesn't know what she's talking about. I love that. I love that. Well, I've got a great quote. Okay. Time for quote. Quote. Um, and this was actually um, an article written when you got engaged. Okay. So um, it says, while this is undoubtedly bad news for males all over the sports world, I think this will be great for Brown's career at ESPN. We all know and understand that reporters like Brown, Andrews and Beadle are utilized more for their good looks than for their knowledge about sports. The sad thing is, I guarantee you they have more sports knowledge and information in their right pinky toe than most (laughs) of us could acquire in our whole lives. Sure, she is still beautiful, but perhaps listeners will stop wondering about their chances of dating her. time they see her and instead listen to what she has to say what i love wow i don't i don't know if i ever read that or heard that awesome and horrifying all at the same time Mm -hmm. if i'm going to be honest because it took you having to get engaged for then people to then go oh well maybe i shouldn't just look at her beauty Mm -hmm. and let's actually see and hear what she has to say yeah it's a it's it's an unfortunate reality i think in the world of uh, I, I mean, broad, sports broadcasting. I mean, I think that, you know, it's certainly come a long way. I think we've got miles still still to go. Um, but I won't act like, you know, when I'm on camera and I don't get messages that are talking about what I'm wearing or mm. this or that. And, um, you know, even there's a ring around my finger, you know. It's just, um, it's just something that's you kind of, as a woman, you just kind of have learned that that's just the facts of part of the job and you just 
you know, try not to listen to um, the ones that are weighing in on what you wear or what you look like and just, you know, take the ones that give you the compliments for saying, hey, that was a really great question you asked mm -hmm. them backstage or in the locker room or, you know, that report, like I had no idea. As a woman, once upon a time, I thought if I got complimented for my looks, it meant that that's all there was about me. Mm -hmm. And so I really actually rebelled against it. Sure. And then I realized like it, it feels kind of good. But at the same time, I don't want to lean into it because it's a very dangerous world to yep. lean into just the beauty. Yep. Um, and I kind of want to transition that. So for you, you know, you, like I said, you're on TV a lot, you get a lot of compliments for your looks, you're very well educated on the sport at hand. I mean, people love having you, you proved yourself. Um, and then you decide, okay, I'm gonna get married and I wanna have kids. Mm -hmm. um, how did you feel about having a kid in the industry, being on TV, pregnant? Um, and then how did you find people responded to you? Yeah, well, you know, um, it is, it is tricky when women are hired to be in this role. This is what you look like and this is what we're gonna get. Now I would like to think that that's not a part of it, but the reality is is that looks has a very big part of the females that are put into sports, right? So with that said, we as women who wanna start a family and have kids, it is, it is a very difficult thing to try to figure out when is the right time mm -hmm. because the history has shown or uh, personal experiences from, from me or for others has shown that you might get pregnant and you don't know if your job's going to be there. And that is, you know, an unfortunate reality that we have to deal with. But you can get back to fighting shape and be back on camera. It just, it doesn't stop you from what you know, right? right? So if we're getting hired for what we know and how well we cover a sport, it doesn't matter if there's another human in our belly or if we maybe have just had a baby and we're still like getting back into our shape, that mm. really shouldn't stop us from being able to do our job. And unfortunately, I can count on more than one hand of people that I know specifically that have come back in their job has not been there for them. Um, it happened, you know, to me. I lost a job right after having my son and uh, my first son, Nash, and I do believe that that was because I was pregnant. So let's take us through it. First of all, did, did you anticipate, like, so when you got pregnant, mm -hmm. did you go, oh, I have to like think about what this does for my career? Was that even a thought? Sure, yeah. I was working two jobs. I was at NFL Network mm. and I was on American Ninja Warrior. I've, I had fear of going in and telling my boss, who was a woman, interestingly enough. Wow, um, really? Only just because she was super supportive mm. and it was great, but there was just that fear of like, what is the perception and what do people think? Now, conversely, with American Ninja Warrior, I didn't tell anyone that I was pregnant. I just didn't want it to get in the way. I didn't want any preferential treatment. I knew that if anything happened and I needed to um, bring it to someone's attention, I would. But if it didn't need to, I just didn't. I just felt like it, I didn't need to tell anybody. It was actually at our wrap party where I showed up and I had my belly. And everybody was like, ah, oh, and I'm like, surprise. And so it was a shock and it was a disappointment when, you know, shortly after having my son, I heard that I was not going to be coming back. You get pregnant, you show up at the rap party, belly exposed, everyone's super happy, yeah. you love everybody there, you go off, you um, have your 
baby while it was on hiatus, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, so thinking that's actually perfect timing. Yeah, perfect timing, actually. And when I had gotten pregnant, I remember doing the math. I'm like, okay, because I was it was my second year on the show. I was like, okay, you know, well, we'll wrap in July. You know, he's due at the end of December. We're set to go back in like February. Perfect. We were gonna travel someone, bring the baby. Like, you know, you can in today's day and age, you can figure that out. I had a great feeling. We wrapped the show. We had it was our best numbers. All the feedback that I had gotten, you know, was positive and emails. And one of my friends was one of the execs on the show from NBC. I had a handwritten letter saying, hey, you were so great. You know, one of the big reasons of why our success was this year was because of you. Thank you so much. See you next year. Like I had no expectation that any of that would be changing. And I got a call and um, and it was my friend. And he said, hey, listen, you know, I just wanted to kind of give you this heads up. Sometimes this happens on a show, but we are actually kind of looking at maybe thinking about someone else. It doesn't mean you don't have the job, but just as sometimes they do this with shows, you know, they want to maybe look at other people just to make sure that it's what they want. I mean, it was a shock. And I was like, okay, well, are they, you know, is all of us getting like, you know, potentially recast? Mm -hmm. They're like, no, you know, it's just, they're just looking at the female role. And so I remember walking away being like, ah, oh, is this a technical thing or is this maybe like something I should be worried about? And then I'll never forget, like my good friend who was my makeup artist on the show was at NFL and she called me like a week and a half later. She's like, you know, one of the girls is in here that's, you know, a reporter or, you know, an anchor. And she says that she got a call to maybe audition for Ninja Warrior. And I was like, whoa. Okay, this is real. So I felt the need. I was like, well, what has changed? I'm like, well, I just had a baby. Okay, like, let me reassure them. I was like, listen, I've got it figured out. Don't worry about me. I've got someone that can help with the child. And I'm getting back in fighting shape in terms of, you know, fitness and all of that. Like, nothing will change. And I'll never forget when I got that call and they told me that I was not coming back. And it was a call and it was with my friend and two of the executive producers and just over and over they kept on saying, this has nothing to do with you. This has nothing to do with um, your performance. We thought you were fantastic. Sometimes they just want to switch things up. And I was crying yeah. and, you know, it was so hard and I was just like, wow, like, you know, I even, you know, just, it was so hard because I had never gotten any feedback that anything was amiss, mm -hmm. that I could have been better. I had heard off the record that it was someone high up who kind of made a comment about my appearance and said, we can find someone that's kind of younger and hotter. All of the feedback I got was like, everything was great. I've never talked about it. Mm -hmm. And when you asked me about it earlier today, my initial response was to think about how to politically talk about it, but not say too much and not offend anyone. Why should I be apologetic and why should I try not to offend as a woman when I feel like, you know, I was kind of wronged in that situation. And so here in this moment, like, hopefully other women can hear real reality of, of this world. Um, I guess if I was gonna take a positive spin on it, while it was at that time the hardest thing and it was my favorite show, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now because of everything that's happened in my past. But it is, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate to have to feel when being wronged that you have to worry about, you know, not offending anyone or worry about retaliation for your job. Yeah. I called my one friend, my good friend who knew about it on my way over and she's like, are you sure you want to, she's like, you'll probably never work for NBC again, you know, if you say something like this. And I just said, you know, uh, that doesn't matter if there, I think there's like a bigger story in this that hopefully mm -hmm. can help women. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that, hun. You having just such courage 
to speak out, knowing that there could be a you know, knock-on effect. I hopefully don't think that this will have a knock-on effect um, in your career because that would be horrifying. I think it's time that women do start speaking out about this yeah. type of thing and you having the courage to do that. Um, and I love that you always put a good spin on it, right? It's like you're not speaking about it from a negative standpoint. And there's so many women that at the time would be bitter, they'd be sour. I mean, you even said that you turned down um, a magazine, came yeah. up and asked for an exclusive. Yeah, right after, right after it happened, a good friend of mine who's in PR, who was privy to everything and knew what had happened, she says. One of the magazines was like, they'd like to sit down and tell this story. And, and same thing in that moment, I was just like, ah, you know, I didn't want to ruffle feathers. I didn't want like because yeah, I love the show and everybody there was so great. It was some person high up who, who I'd never even met making a decision and not, you know, not there in production seeing how hard I work or what, you know, how, you know, how much effort I put into what my role in that job mm. and how much it meant to me. But I chose not to talk about it also because I didn't know what my next job was going to be after that. Mm. And so you don't want to be that person that out there, the girl that like left a show and was sour. And I also wanted there to be positivity around the show. I thought the show was great. I still think the show is great and it does amazing. Sh and I didn't want to take away from that either because mm. it wasn't about me. And, so, and it's still not in this moment. I guess to spin it back around to like having family and kids, and this would be my mm. message to women, right? My message in that, to the takeaway from that is, is it probably is never going to feel like the right time. And don't let, don't let a job impact what's important to you and just do what's best for you. Because at the end of the day, like you said, you think about like when I'm old, like that job's not gonna be there. It's my kids and my family that's gonna be there. And that's what's important to me. And so um, while it might seem like it was a dreary result, I actually can sit here in this moment and say, I wouldn't change it. I can honestly say right now, it's ex I'm okay with that and, and the, I'm better for it. Mm -hmm. My life is better for it. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is. I completely agree. Um, but I just love that you weren't spiteful about it, right? Like there's so many people that in that moment, <laughs> given the opportunity, right? Magazine sure. comes up out and he's like, hey, you want to tell your story? Yeah. And you feel hard done by. Um, how do you not just spill the beans. I mean, there's a big difference between something you know you should do and then just your instinct to be like, I want to lash back because like, I'm a woman, I just had a baby. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't believe that I'm getting fired for this. How do you not lash back? Well, you have to remember too, is we can say that here in this moment around the Me Too, mm. there's a lot of positive support about mm. women speaking out. But to be honest, a woman who comes out and says something like that, very vocal, it becomes a stigma that's attached to you. It's still kind of a man's world in this business. Mm. And so if a story like that follows me to trying to get my next job, like it was a sit down and me and my husband, and he's like, is that the story you want to tell? How is that going to affect your career? You know, mm. we had to like sit there and think about it. It was a real decision as a family of what the possible repercussions could be from going public with a story like that and the negative spin of what it would be for the show. And mm. I kind of just wanted to walk away and put it behind me and move on. Did it affect your identity in any way? It just made me, it just made me think about kind of what's important and put priorities on things. And while that show was important for me in the moment, for my job and what I love, but like I had a new baby. So you almost don't have time to let it affect you. You kind of just want to move on, put your head down and you know, kind of just the theme of what we talked about is like spin it in the positive, yeah. figure out how to move on. That happened. Now, how do we how do we deal with it and, and 
find a positive way and move forward. That's amazing. Thank you so much for speaking out yeah, about sure. it. Like it's, I think, you know, very important for more and more women to do that. And I know that, um, you know, you've, you haven't said it out in public before. So appreciate you saying okay. that here. Um, so since even when you've had kids, you've really gone down the path of like wellness, looking into nutrition for your mm -hmm, kids, looking mm -hmm. into what's good for them and what isn't, um, and really kind of wanting to be this um, all knowledgeable mother. Yeah. And I love that because growing up for me, everything was like, well, your mum says so, so you have to do it. Sure. And then when I'd ask my mum why, she'd be like, I don't know, it's like my, my <laughs> mum told my me, right? Told me yeah, that. exactly. Sure. But you almost went into parenthood, like I'm gonna figure things out, I'm gonna learn things for myself. How do you empower other women to do the same? And what have you found um, in that process that has kind of really led you to now being a mummy blogger and really mm -hmm. talking out, uh, talking openly about, um, you know, being a mother in this day and age? Yeah, I mean, I think I just um, being a, being a mom, like the sh the the shift of like I told you, I would research the football and I want to know everything oh, yeah. about it. Like it just took a shift to being a mom, and I was like, okay, what? Like, because I'm like, I don't know anything about this, you know. And so I just I recognized that it was the fear of like getting it wrong and not mm -hmm. knowing. You get the things that are handed down from our parents, and I don't want to like act like I'm not listening and then doing my own thing. And I have to say that you get a lot of um, credit in my book from just being friends with you and knowing what you guys did with Quest and then with, you know, all of just following you. Like, it's just opened my eyes to um, the other things that are out there. So it just forced me to want to really say, okay, if, you know, we're going to raise kids, so what's the best way? And, and as you're just figuring it out but not having any experience to draw on. And so for me, I've just tried to kind of pick and choose and do a lot of research and then, you know, try to apply it. It's not easy. By no means do I have it figured out, mm. but I'll try to share like some of the little things that I learned along the way of like mom hacking, whether it's technology or nutrition or, you know, health. It's trying to figure out how to do that and trying to share it with other moms and learning along the way. Yeah. I never put together the pieces of the fact that when you're scared of something or when you're entering a new zone, you're just like, I need to find out as much information as possible. It's kind of like as if it, that's your safety net. Yeah. I think that that is my, it probably, if you want to like get, you know, Freudian on it, like I was always like the perfectionist kid, like the class president, always mm. wanted to get good grades. I always wanted to make my mom proud. I never wanted to be in a situation where I didn't know something that was being talked about. Mm. Sometimes it's a selfish way of just wanting to not be in a situation where I don't know something. Mm. But then, you know, with the kids, it's like, I want to raise two healthy, good, you know, little boys and how best can I do that? But I love that it doesn't stop you, right? Most people are like, I don't really know that, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You almost still jump in with two feet like you did with the sharks. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, <laughs> even like the circling around you, you just still went Let's in. I love that. Um, like, as I was saying, it's kind of like that little bit of safety net of like, okay, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to know as try and get as much information as I possibly can. Um, but you still go for it. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. You know? Get eaten by a shark. Well, that, but... Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> I would probably rethink jumping in with sharks um, now that I'm a mother, but I think we take ourselves too serious mm. sometimes. And I think that if you just say, hey, look, you know, this is life. We're, you know, you figure it out as you go. If you just take as the, the goods and the bads and just know that they're going to come, sometimes it's going to be good, sometimes things are going to be bad. Yeah. And just roll with it. I like that. Yeah, I think a big key, though, is to make sure that when you try something new that you don't put so much pressure on yourself to be perfect the first mm -hmm. time. 
Um, and I think that's where it stops people from trying as yeah. well. Yeah, I'll, I'm, a, I'm definitely guilty of that though. I mean, there is a true perfectionist mm. side of me. I'm that person that um, will not finish a project or even sometimes start something because I've, it has to be so perfect to start mm. and then I just don't do it. Like, you know, like my, my art of broadcasting yeah. and everything, like <laughs> I've been, you know, I've got, here, here's what's funny, I've got six episodes in the can already and I still haven't launched it. Oh, you've got to launch it, woman. I know. You just got to do so it. There is, there is the negative side of the perfectionist mm. and wanting things to the control freak side of me a little bit where, you know, you've got to let go. You've got to be willing to let go. And, you know, um, so sometimes that perfection can stop you from starting. I'm still figuring that part out. I just, I had to, I had to let go of it because it was, it's paralyzing. Yeah. So even doing this show, our second episode or third episode that we shot, um, our audio cut out halfway through the interview and I didn't know until the next day. Oh, no. And my team came and said to me, um, Lisa, the interview you did, um, we've only got half of it so I was like what do we do we're going back to like the perfectionism in yeah. me I want the show to be great yeah. I feel like I've got you know a reputation especially because of Tom and because he's such a good host I'm like oh shit I'm gonna <laughs> like mess up and fall flat on my face um, but I was like I can't let that stop me right I yeah. can't compare myself to Tom I can't let if I fall on my face stop me and so with that episode at the end I literally just like straight to camera I just owned it and I was like guys we messed up I've done like two three hundred shows mm -hmm. at this point in my life and I still you know we still mess up audio it it's gonna happen yeah right and so almost by saying that out loud by putting it out I'm gonna release it as is I wanted to show people that no matter what mistakes you make it doesn't matter because yeah. you can learn from them but you know that you're saying yeah but yeah you still don't do it what <laughs> is that right. difference then between knowing it and then actually mm -hmm. acting on it it is it is tough and I am, I am so guilty of it. I am like the uh, paralysis by analysis, right? Right. And so that's why I, uh, with the with the art of broadcasting podcast, like I actually envisioned it to be more of a you know online live webinar series mm -hmm. and things like that. But I had so many ideas, and then I was like, I just need to start. And so I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. That's the easiest way. It'll be, you know, I went and got the gear. I did it. And, but still, it's funny because, you know, I've got six in the can, but I'm like, you know, I feel like we need to get a couple more in. Right. And then, you know, and so, and like, it's that fear of, fear of failure. Yeah. I think ultimately in that fear of, and I think you owned it and said it so right. And I need to take a chapter out of that book because you can't be perfect and it doesn't need to be. And actually, um, it's more humanizing and relatable. I was about to, to say have failure, yeah, I was or to make a mistake. Um, you need to stop being perfect, woman, and you yeah. just need to get it out. I know. Is the truth? No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. You're gonna get it out. It's gonna crush. It's gonna be amazing. Um, everything you do, you've kind of gone in not really knowing, but trying to figure it out. How do you accept yourself? Like self-love is a very big thing right now. Um, hearing about it a lot on social. I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with self-love. Mm -hmm. Like I personally find a little bit of negativity helps me. It mm -hmm. pushes me to get better. Mm -hmm. um, but I know that some people actually believe that that can hinder your self-esteem. Um, you should love yourself no matter what. Mm -hmm. Do you have a way of seeing that? Um, I think, you know, I definitely, I would say I struggle with being, you know, complete self-love. I think that we as women, or just people in general will say, like, you know, um, 
there's always, I feel like, something that you'll focus on. I would definitely say I'm guilty of, you know, not always being my biggest champion. But also with saying that, I also will own it. So, you know, I can be the first to, if I make a mistake, like let's say uh, in my job doing something, if I, you know, most of the time I can just brush it off. But like if, if I truly like, I can own if I like, hey, you know what? There was that one article that probably I didn't read and maybe I would have learned that this, this, that, and the other, whatever could have happened. Like, you know, owning it. But I also think it's okay. I, I'm okay with, um, uh, I think that's what makes me, if I focus on it a little bit, it makes me work harder to get mm. better, you know? That's what I was going to say. How do you yeah. find that to be okay, right? Because mm -hmm. some people, it completely wrecks them. They can't start yeah. anything. They don't feel good about themselves. Yeah, I use it as a motivator. I just posted the other day on social media, it was a picture of me when I was the Under Armour model, right? So I used to do Under Armour fitness modeling and I definitely don't look like that anymore. And I threw it back up as a throwback because mm. I was like, you know, back in the day I used to take pictures of other people as my little motivation board of like mm. fitness or whatever. And then I was like, you know what, now I just use a picture of myself from, and this is where I want to get to. And I use that because I think it's more realistic to think about trying to get back to what I used to look like rather than Carrie Underwood's legs or whatever it might have been. <laughs> that <laughs> was getting wrong. She's got great legs. But, you know, it was more of a motivator for me to like say, hey, this is how I want to get, you know, using that to get mm. back to where I want. I use it as a motivator. I don't know how to tell someone you know how to do it for themselves mm. all i would say is you're in the moment right now where you're supposed to be you've dealt with things probably way far worse and you'll probably deal with things even more worse down mm. the line and so i think that if you can just you know take a i think it's that taking that breath and taking a step back and just you know owning it using it to get better you're your worst kind of own critic yeah. really you wouldn't speak negatively to your friend yes. like you do with yourself, right? It's like you Absolutely. beat yourself up about things that are mm -hmm. like, you know, oh, you shouldn't have done that. And it's like, you would never talk to your friend like that. Yep. You would never talk to your spouse like that. Mm -hmm. So why do you talk to yourself like that? Yeah, that's so, that's so well said. So it's like, what advice would you give your friend, not what advice yeah. would you give yourself? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, before I ask my last question, sure. where can people find you online and what date can they find your podcast? Okay, theartofbroadcasting.com is where they can find out about the podcast and I'm hoping to have it up by mid-October. And you know, I'm at Jen Brown TV on social and you can kind of see my crazy kids. That's, That's so amazing. I appreciate um, you having me. Oh, we've uh, got another yeah, question. Yeah, right? I wanna ask you, so what's your superpower? All right, my superpower. I would say the power of optimism. Take something and find find the best way to make it work and the positive spin in it. So my superpower would be optimism. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Well, guys, if you're not following this woman, you've definitely got to go check her out. Her stuff is amazing all the way back from when she was swimming with sharks to up until now. You can just see her doing absolutely incredible stuff from stuff with her kids, stuff with the new shows and now her podcast. Definitely got to go follow her. Um, and just remember, guys, that no matter what, you're going to have fails. You're going to have fears. There are going to be problems in your life. But as long as you stay optimistic and share the powers like this woman has literally there's no stopping you so be positive focus on the good stuff not on the negative thank you so much so, if you're not already guys subscribe click that button down below and until next time go be the superhero of your own life 
What's up, guys? Lisa here. Thank you so much for listening. If you're not already subscribed, please do click that subscribe button. Click, click, click away so you don't miss any new episodes that come out every single Wednesday. And if you do feel so inclined, it'd be great to get a rate and a review from you. That'd be awesome. That's how we get the show in front of more people and create more impact on more women. So until then, go out and be the superhero of your own life.